0: Uh, Matthew's Gospel. We're going to look there. Um, And uh, I just thank you for helping me this morning. I thank you for believing with me. Um, I believe that God has some good things. you know we got a lot of folks that are on um uh what is this fall it's not spring it's fall break uh, a lot of people travel and stuff so if somebody comes across your heart just say don't don't just say bless them uh you know pray for them believe God with them amen make sure they're safe and secure Matthew 16 uh, many uh, months ago I think it was the beginning of the year Pastor Ron and I pray, praying and I kept praying this phrase out tell them who I am tell them what I've done. Tell them who I am. Tell them what I've done. So I've been interjecting that for the whole year, but just now just feel like this is our series. I'm about to tell you who he is and what he's done. I said, who is Jesus and what he's done? And we're not going to let this be too simple, but we're going to focus on him. It's our time to keep our eyes only on him, on things above, not on the things of the earth. We set our affections only on him. And we're going to remind ourselves. So let's look at Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter uh, 16, uh, verse 13. When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, well, uh, everybody has an idea. Some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Others say you're Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And then he asked this question, but who do you say that I am? You're going to get a lot of things of people's theories about this and that. And you could have gone to church all your life and been even raised up in this church. But when it comes right down to it, you're going to have to have a revelation of who Jesus is for you. Who is he to you? Who is he to you? And a lot of people, thank God if you've received him as Savior. In other words, Jesus is my Savior. Then there's another step. Jesus is my Lord. But there are so many things that Jesus wants to be to you, but he cannot be that until you know it. And it's not just about knowing it in your mind or knowing it in the soul realm or in the mental realm. Yes, you need to renew your mind to who he is. Yes, you need to renew your mind so you can have knowledge of who he is, but you have to have a revelation of who he is because this is what the word of God says and he said to them who do you say that I am and then Simon Peter answered and said you are the Christ the son of the living God and then Jesus answered and said blessed are you Simon Bar-Jonah for flesh and blood has not revealed everybody say reveal Reveal. so I pray for you and this should be a prayer for yourself is Lord open the eyes of my understanding Lord open the eye and no matter how long you've been doing this are y'all with me no matter how long you've been doing this, there's more understanding for you. No, long, no matter how long, oh, yeah, I know him. Yeah, I, anytime you hear the word of God and you say, yeah, I know that, that means you have slidden backwards from it. Because anytime you hear the word of God, it should be life to you. It should be like, oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, yeah, that's right. So anytime we just nod with our head and say, uh-huh, that's right, you, you have to be careful that you're just giving mental assent. How many you know you can't ju- thank God for renewing your mind, and you must renew your mind. But you don't believe with your renewed mind. You believe with your heart. And revelation is of the heart. And you and I need greater revelation. The Lord told me this one time because I was even like, well, Lord, you know, uh, a lot of people out here, they just sometimes we all want something new. Give me something new. Give me something new. And, and, and let me uh, say it this way. The Lord said to me, they don't need anything new. They just need something fresh. And so what you need is something fresh. Well, that's more up to you because how do you do that? You, you just make sure your relationship is this way with God, vertical, and you're receiving from him. And then he wants to reveal some things to you. The Holy Ghost is the revealer. I said the Holy Ghost is the revealer. The Holy Ghost is the teacher, and He wants to reveal something to you because when you reveal, when He reveals something to you, that's light. And anytime there's a darkness going on in our life, it's really because we, we don't have the revelation knowledge of how to get out of it. Anytime we're struggling with something, anytime we don't know what to do, it's because we don't have light of the word and light or revelation from the Holy Ghost. There is an answer to everything you and I are going through. There is a way out of everything. There, 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 come on. There's, there's nothing in your life right now that God doesn't have the answer for. That God can't fix it. Amen. Amen. So what, what do we need? I need something revealed to me. I need something revealed to me. Thank God the Holy Ghost is the revealer and he will show you what to do. John 16, 13 says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, has come? He'll not speak of himself, but he will guide you into all truth and he will show. That word show is declare, disclose, and transmit. Those things are to come. There are some things coming in this next year that you need to be full of light, full of life, full of revelation so that you can navigate them in your life so it won't hurt you, so it won't harm you, so that you'll be ready for it. Pastor Mark, there's more coming. Uh, You live in the last days. There's always going to be more coming. Yeah, but I'm tired. Yeah, but you're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Yeah, I don't feel like I can do it anymore. It's not about your feelings it's about what the truth of the word of God says. And he says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And one of those things that will help you is to see Jesus for who he really is. So he's Savior. Yes, he's Lord. And the first week we looked at this, he's the Lamb of God. Are you grateful that he's the Lamb? Remember John the Baptist said, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Amen? Are you grateful for that? And then we looked last week, I believe it was last week, we we looked at Jesus is the way. How many know Jesus is not a way? Jesus is the way. In other words, he's the only way. There are not many ways to God, just one. It's very narrow. It's just one. He is the way. He is the truth. He doesn't just speak the truth. He is the truth. He's the, the truth. He's the, the word of God made flesh. And dw- There was three in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And the word was made flesh. Jesus is the truth. This is written down word, but Jesus is the word. He is the, the way, the truth, and he is the life. You can't really have the God kind and quality of life without Jesus Christ. Amen? Jesus is the truth. Hallelujah. And today I want to look at Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is, and we're going to start with this one, Jesus is the mender of a broken heart. I was trying to go a lot of different ways, but this one kept coming back to me. Um, In a world today where the devil is attacking people's souls, where there's just bombardment and bombardment um, uh, you know and sometimes in circles i remember when I first came into uh, 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 full gospel circles i had heard people say this and it never sat well with me and then you got people disagreeing over it i heard people say well my spirit's been wounded my spirit's been injured my spirit's been hurt and I, and I was like well that's just an interesting uh, way to say things and then as I studied the word of God this is what I know when you're born again your spirit is a you're a new creature in Christ Jesus, old things have passed away. Hey, amen. You're created in the likeness and the image of God, and your spirit, man, you're you're you're, you're as a child of God. There is really nothing wrong with your spirit. It's not defective. It can believe God. Well, I, my spirit was injured. Your spirit has never really been injured because really the devil can't touch your spirit. Your spirit can be weak because you don't feed it. Your spirit can be weak because you don't feed it, but it's still all intact and all good. Weak spirits are lack of food. Can you cure that? We can all cure that. Come on. We prove it by our own bodies. We can feed our bodies. Uh, we can feed our spirit. Um, I tried the Rick Renner challenge. I'm still working on it. I'm rebooting. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, so I, I'm just saying you can uh, you can feed it and it can be strong, but there's nothing wrong with your spirit. But now you have a soul and you live in a body. Your, your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. In your mind uh, and your will and especially your emotions. And a lot of times in our circle, we just conveniently ignore emotions because we believe faith people don't have any. But that's just not true. We have emotions. And guess what? God gave them to you. God gave us emotions. God has emotion. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. He's stoic. He's not stoic. If you look at, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus, he had emotions, and I believe he was a little bit ornery around the edges. When they did, when when uh, we're gonna get to it at the end. But when they were out fishing after uh, Jesus' resurrection, he yelled out, "Do you have any meat?" He didn't. He's all God. He knew they didn't have any. He's poking at them. He really was. He's poking at them a little bit. So it's all right. So, um, but I need you to know, God wants you to know that Jesus is the mender of a broken heart. So I'm gonna start in Isaiah. And we're going to see what he prophesied about Jesus for us. And we're going to look at Isaiah 53. And just for time's sake, I just want to go ahead and read it to you out of the Amplified Classic. So if you could put that up for me, Isaiah 53. He was despised and rejected and forsaken by man. A man of sorrows and pains. And acquainted with grief. So he was a man of sorrows And pains, he was acquainted with grief and sickness, and like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. And we did not appreciate his worth or have any esteem for him. Verse 4 It says, Surely he has borne our griefs, our sickness, weakness, and distresses, and carried our sorrows. And pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God. As if with leprosy. Verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him and with the stripes that wounded him we are healed and made whole of course you know i could do a a year seminar on this one scripture but i just want to pull out some things number one uh, he was a man of sorrows number two the bible says he was acquainted with grief number three he was despised number four he carried our sorrows um he, uh, uh, the, the chastisement needful for us to obtain peace and well-being was upon him. Listen to me. The Lord cares about your uh, mending your broken heart. Where is the broken uh, heart? It's in your soul realm. It's in your emotions. There's nothing wrong with your spirit, but if you've lived any part of life at all, you have had the opportunity to have your soul, your emotions uh, messed up a little bit. There is not any adult that I know that gets through this life without some things coming to them, without some opportunity for sorrow, without some opportunity uh, to work through some things. And the thing of the matter is, whoever is able to work through some of those things with the Lord's help, with the Lord's, uh, we, we, we yield, uh, lean on the ability for the Lord to heal us there. Just like there's physical healing available for your body. In other words, Jesus is the healer of cancer. Jesus is the healer of a heart condition. Jesus is the issue, uh, healer of thyroid problem. Jesus is the healer. By his stripes, you were healed. But in the same way, and sometimes in our circle, we ignore this a little bit because we just think, well, you get born again, you get filled with the Holy Ghost, and you're all fine. Well, no, that's a door to get you to all fine. But you've got to let him, like, you need, like we need him to heal our physical body, we need to let him mend our broken soul. But you've got to start out knowing there's nothing wrong with your spirit. It's strong. And you need to do some things with your soul. You need to renew your mind. But you need to understand that Jesus wants to mend whatever is broken in you. It is not good for you or anybody around you for you to remain broken because from that broken place, if you try to love others, you'll have broken love, even though it's not the love of God. I'm telling you, this is very important going forward to know that Jesus is the mender of a broken heart. Jesus is the healer of a broken heart. So everybody say this, Jesus is the healer of my broken heart. You say, "Well, I'm not going to confess that I have a broken heart." Well, maybe you've already got it restored. But there's all kinds of people around in this room, even in first service, who still got some mending that needs necessary to, is necessary for them to be mended so that they can move on. It is in your best interest. It is in your family's best interest. It is in everybody's best interest that you deal with this. Amen. Everybody say it again: Jesus, Jesus. is the mender Amen. of the broken heart. And so this is what I know. Hebrews chapter four, verse 15. It says this about Jesus. He understands what you and I went through or going through because he too was a man. He was a man, he was all God and He was all man. But he laid aside his deity and he faced not every he, he faced every opportunity to sin. The Bible says he was tempted in every way we were. So if he's tempted in every way we were, then he was also tempted in his soul realm. Jesus had a soul. Has a soul. Amen. Now that he's glorified, he's all God again. But I'm telling you, he was able to. The Bible says this, Hebrews 4.15. For we don't have a high priest, we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feelings of our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So Jesus was tempted to get out of love. Jesus was tempted to be hurt by people who should have loved him and taken care of him. He was. No, he's Jesus. He was. That, no, it says he was tempted in all ways. Have you ever been tempted in that way? Have you given someone everything and then them turn around and what you feel like is a, What's that sharp object in my back? Well, then that happened to Jesus. But he sailed through it. No, he's Jesus. I know, and it says that he was tempted in every way that you are. Yet without sin. So, so, so he, he never, he never got, he didn't have a blue Monday. He, he was never down. He kept everything intact. All right. Hebrews two eighteen for in Hebrews two eighteen for in that he himself suffered being tempted, he is able to secure or, uh, he's able to understand and make sure that when you're tempted in this area of your soul of being down, depressed or broken, he is able to get you out of that. Hallelujah. Uh, One example is found in Matthew 26, verses 36 through 38. The Amplified, I think it's classic. I'm not sure. Matthew 26, 36 through 38. Then Jesus came to a place called Gethsemane. Y'all remember that? And he told his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Jesus is about to go to the cross. And he needs a little help. Jesus is about to go to the cross. Everybody needs a little help. Pastor Mark needs a little help. You need a little help. Jesus needs a little help. I just don't believe that. Well, it says so right here. If he didn't need their help, he wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have asked him to go. And he asked the three closest to him to go. And taking with him Peter, the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, he began to be grieved and greatly distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved so that I'm almost dying of sorrow so that I'm almost dying of sorrow. He, his soul was being touched with the sorrow, being separated from the Father, about to take on all of sin of all humanity, every sickness, every disease, all of poverty. He, so this is a very interesting place. Jesus said, my soul is deeply grieved, He's able to understand when something goes on in your life. He, he doesn't just say, get over it, you know, toughen, like I would say, well, just toughen up, buttercup. I'm glad that, you know, I have heard that before from him. But mostly what I've heard from him is that I'm with you. I'm helping you. I'm going to help you get through this. So he said, I'm almost, the Amplified said he's almost dying of sorrow. You may not like that, but Jesus felt sorrow. Jesus felt pain. And, I, and I've seen a lot of word of faith pre- preachers try to get rid of that aspect. But when you do, then that kind of all leaves us in no man's land where it's something you just got to get over. Well, the only way you can get over it is get healed. Amen. We all go through stuff. We have loved ones. And, you know, in our circles, sometimes we don't grieve. Well, the Bible doesn't say don't grieve. It says just don't grieve like the world grieves. Well, just don't grieve. Well, that, that's something if you want to try to put on yourself, that's fine. But I don't think that's scriptural. I think you're supposed to grieve and, and you're not grieving for them because they're with the Lord. But you might, you might miss them. But it's not supposed to turn into a spirit of grief. Because when it does, your heart will be broken and then you'll be non-functional. When relationships or things don't work out, there's something in your soul. But you can't stay there. You can't stay there. There's the difference Acknowledging that it happened, but refusing to stay there is where you need to be. And how are you going to get out of it? Well, I'm just going to let time heal my wound. Well, time hasn't healed anything. Time can actually make it worse. Well, I just believe it will get better with time. How's that going for you? How's that working? Does time fix anything? Has time ever fixed anything? Yet that's the thing everybody says you need is time but that's not what, that's not, are y'all here? Has time ever fixed anything? That's like worrying. Well, well you can work. How many know you can worry in your car payment? You can worry in your child back home. You can worry this is not going to work out and then that's going to fix it. No, you've never worried anything to completion. How do you do it? Cast all your, 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 your cast all your cares on the Lord and he'll do it, right? Right. Well, so in this it is the same thing. You know, um, time is not going to heal that. I, if this is just for one person today, listen to me. You've got to let the Lord mend your broken heart. If you don't, you're gonna you're gonna find yourself in a month, in two months, in a year, five years. You'll point back to a time when your heart was broken. You'll you'll find and you didn't get it mended, and things didn't go well. Just like Jesus is the healer of a physical body, He is the healer of your uh, of your uh, a wounded uh, soul of your uh, heart that's been broken. Okay. okay, everybody with me? And so um, let's look at this um psalms 34:18, the lord is near to them that are of a broken heart and he saves such from such as be of a contrite spirit so the lord is near to you and he's the mender of a broken heart v- uh, psalms 147 3 says he heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds he heals the broken in heart. Now, Isaiah 61, one again, prophesying forward about Jesus. G, the word of God says, the spirit of God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim, proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. So anyone that has a broken heart, they're in prison. If you keep it in context, anyone that has a broken heart, anyone that their soul is messed up, anyone with their emotions messed up, then that's the devil being able to keep you in prison. And you are captive, and he's come to proclaim liberty. Why? Because you have a broken heart. And so Jesus then said this in Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. Luke 4, 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. But what is that? The anointing. How many know the anointing of God is in this room today? How many know the anointing of God is on the inside of you? How many know Isaiah 10, 27 says it's the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. Being brokenhearted is a yoke of bondage. It is not something for you to put under the covers. It is not something for you to push down. It is not something that is going to go away in time. You must deal with it. You must let the Lord fix it. You must let the Lord heal it. Well, my heart is not broken anymore. Well, then let's keep it that way. Because I guarantee you, you will have opportunity. Amen. Because then Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the good news first to the poor, and He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Why? To preach deliverance to them because they're held captive and recovery of sight to the blind. That is not physical blindness there. Although Jesus came and he healed the blind physically, that is those that have their eyes covered. Second Corinthians 4 and 4 says the God of this world has blinded us. And I think in the church today, sometimes we get blind to the fact that some people are emotionally damaged and they need to be healed. They need to be healed. But what's the best? The best testimonies are when when you talk about physical sickness and disease is when someone is up teaching on healing that has actually walked through it. How many know they're believable? Right? Why are they believable? Because they've walked through it. Uh, I had cancer. Now I'm alive right? Um, I had incurable diseases. Now I'm alive. This is how I did it. This is what word I believe. This is what scripture I believe. In the same way, I believe because there is so much damage. Why are people having an identity crisis? Why are people so messed up today? It is because A lot of it is, even in the church, is because their hearts are broken. They've never taken care of their soul. And what do we got to do? Well, we got to get them to get, uh, renew their minds. But someone who's broken needs a little help. Here, read this. Well, just like someone who's really sick and in pain and they've never heard of the things of God before, you got to take them by the hand and walk them through it. And in the same way, when someone... Why, why are people addicted to drugs and alcohol and pornography and, and, and uh, you know, uh, wrong spirits? Why? A lot of it is the crack in their soul Even if they're born again and filled with the Holy Ghost and can speak in tongues, in rhyme. Listen to me. If there's a crack in their soul, it's a continual open door for the devil. It's his playground. And we've got to get that healed first in us. And when you get it healed, then you can help walk other people through it. Now who is that for now this this is something for ladies only because the ladies are the only one that have emotional deals well that's just a bunch of baloney i you know what probably more guys have it than anybody because we're just taught to sit down shut up and just deal with it and act like a man no wonder there's so many open doors come on we got to deal with it jesus is the mender of my broken heart Well, are you admitting you have one? (laughs) Well, if I did, uh, we all have stuff that needs, and and every once in a while, you know, it's like asphalt around here. Uh, You know, you drive on it so much, uh, it needs repatched. So you got to keep this door closed. He preaches deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty. And I, I think that recovery of sight to the blind, if it fits right in here, is people are blind to the fact that they need mended. They're blind to the fact that they need mended. So they go through life with an open, gaping wound in their soul. And it's time for us as the church to rise up, have compassion, have some mercy, and help people get some healing. It's just as important to the Lord as physical healing. As a matter of fact, it can keep you from getting physically healed. All this stuff is connected. We separate it to teach. But aren't you glad that God cares about all of you? Recover his sight to, but to set, set at liberty them that are bruised. So what's this bruise talking about? This is talking about um, uh, really it's a, it's a, what is that called? A hematoma is when, when blood rises up under your skin and it's very sore to the touch. It's more than just a, I got a boo-boo and I got a little bit of a bruise. It's really something very significant to set at liberty than a bruise. Now, listen to this. Listen to this. If, the Lord, if, if you don't let the Lord heal where you're bruised, where, where you're hurt, then the devil's always going to put his finger on it. You know, I've watched this. I've been pastoring for 30 years in my own life and everybody else's life. It seems like people have continually the same problems even with the same kind of people. The same kind of thing. In other words, if the devil has found something that hurts you in your soul realm, he'll just keep sending the same kind of folks. He'll just keep sending the same kind of thing. Why? He just wants to put his thumb on your, now I don't do this anymore. You've all heard this. You've been going to church here a long time. I've grown up. But when Pastor Ron and I first got married, there's a little boy in me. And when I see something on her arm, I would put my thumb on it and say, does that hurt? Wrong. Don't ever do that. I don't do it anymore. But what am I, my point, what, the deal is this, wherever you're bruised, you still hurt. Wherever you're bruised, you still, and the devil knows it. And he's merciless. And so this is the deal. Even in your life when, as a child, something bothered you, somebody bullied you, you had an experience, you have to make sure you get it healed because if you don't, it'll fester. I've watched this over the last three or four years, especially uh, people that, don't, that you don't get your wounds healed uh, then the little, little triggers will trigger some things and you'll, you'll just be back to where you were, you know, um, you know, years ago. How many you know the Lord wants to set at liberty those that are bruised? What is that? Total freedom. Total freedom. I'm still working on this one. And, and now uh, 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 my teenagers were kind of rough for me. I grew up in a great home. I went to a great little school, you know, um, nothing really traumatic except for it doesn't really matter. Um, my high school years were a little rough. And um, I don't know, just it was just really rough. And um, but I remember the Lord gave me a word. And my, my wife doesn't always like this word, but it works for me and I'm keeping it. Um, he told me, uh, do you remember Joseph? Uh, y'all remember who Joseph was? So his firstborn son, uh, how many of Joseph had, even though he had a lot of victory in his life, he had also had a lot of trauma. Any of your brothers ever throw you in a pit? Going to kill you? Then you try to pull yourself up by the bootstraps and you do everything you need to do and you're doing great and some woman lies on you, tells you you try to rape her and you didn't. You were you were operating operating with um, integrity, and then you end up in a prison. And then you save a couple. Will you save one guy who's supposed to remember you, and he forgets you until he needs something? Talk about a dude that. And this is what I know about Joseph. He didn't have a bad attitude. He lived in an old covenant. God didn't live in him. I have props for Joseph because I have a hard enough time with God living in me. His brothers tried to kill him. A woman that he tried to be have honor and integrity with lied on him and put him into prison. God, I don't want to interpret no more dreams. This one's gotten me into trouble. I I don't want to interpret any dream, but I'm gonna obey you and I'm gonna interpret this dream. You're gonna die, you're gonna be okay. Remember me. Remember me. I'm innocent. He really was. Until he needed something, he forgot him. Man, you can have a tood. You know what that is? An attitude. You can have a tood with that one. You know what? I ain't helping you. There's something about him living in the old covenant. He obviously didn't let his soul get messed up. Because he was able he was able, but it did have to work on him some because you see a little honoriness coming out. <laughs> Remember when he sent him away and he put all that stuff in Benjamin's bag? Yes. I'm going to get you. You know, there's a little passive aggressive in him, <laughs> which I understand a lot. And so, um, so but he, he worked it all out. And and, you know when they're you know pleading for their life or whatever, and then he finally came out and said, "Hey, it's me. It's all going to be all right." Everybody has opportunities, even our great heroes in the Bible. And it's important, though. So, so, so his firstborn son Joseph. You remember him? What would the, the Lord name him? Manasseh. What is Manasseh? The Lord has caused me to remember no more. Come on. You can have a supernatural delete button on the inside of you. Not just trying, straining to get rid of it. He can supernaturally heal it and cause it to be no more. He is the mender of a broken heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he wants to do that. I don't know. I preached so much lately. I don't remember where I did it, but it comes up again. So I'm going I'm to use it in here. Um, Peter. Let's go ahead. Broken heart. So here's Peter. Remember, Jesus is warning him. About this is going to happen. Remember Jesus said before the rooster crows three times you're going to deny me. And wh- what is he doing? He's warning him. And I believe if, if Peter would have heeded that warning it could have been a little different. Because if the Lord's warning you of something that means you can do something about it. It wasn't just, I know. See, a lot of times with the gifts of the Spirit and stuff like that, people are just like impressed. Oh, you know something supernatural. That's not who the devil does that kind of stuff. God doesn't do stuff just to show uh, who he is. He does stuff on purpose to, to give you an avenue out or cause you to be able to fix it or get some help. Like a word of knowledge for healing. That's not to make the preacher look spiritual. It's to heal somebody. To change it right now. And so when he warned Peter, he said, you're going to deny me three times. But Peter responded wrong. He's like, what did he do? Well, he was just full of pride. He was just full of himself. What did he say? He's like, all, he just threw everybody under the bus. <laughs> These will all deny you, but I ain't going to do it. And then they all chimed in. No, we're not going to do it either. And will you know they count. How many of you know? You're, you're one of him. No, I'm not. You're one of, you're, you, you talk like them. You are with them. No, I'm not. Then a little girl says, I saw you with him. And then he went cuss, cuss. And he denied that he'd been with Jesus. And then you know, but let's look, look at Luke twenty-two sixty-two, 62. Luke 22, 62. I'm not going to spend a lot of time. But it says, and Peter went out and did what? Shed a tear. He, he shed a tear. That's not what he did. He wept bitterly. When you're weeping bitterly, there's something broken on the inside of you. The great apostle Peter was at this point broken. The one who said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. He had some soul issues because, you know, one minute he's saying, you're the Christ. The next minute he's like, I'm not going to let you go to the cross. There was something there that, um, that he was messed up in a little bit. But here, I just want you to see he's totally broken. He's so mad at himself. Don't raise your hand. Have you ever been mad at yourself? So mad at yourself. And here he wept bitterly and he's broken. And uh, he's a a little messed up. And it doesn't necessarily all seem to get fixed after he gets born again. Because remember, Jesus breathed on them, received the Holy Ghost, and he was, al- and he was made alive. Now, before they all gathered together, Peter, Peter um, in John chapter 21, just to give you just real quick, Peter's like, I'm, I go fishing." That's not him. I'm going to, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to go for a relaxing day. He's like, y'all, I, I can't do this. I'm done with this. I am going back to fishing. And the Bible says they all went with him. See, your broken heart can also get a whole lot of other people messed up. Your broken heart, my broken heart, our, our, it, can mess every, it can mess everybody up around you. Especially if you're the leader. Especially if you're the mom or the dad. I've watched this way too much in pastoring. The mom and dad get messed up, and sometimes then the kids get, children get messed up. But by the mercy of God, we can all get free, we can all get delivered, no matter what happened, you know, around us. But for you and I in this room right now, we're going to, what what am I talking to you about? I want you to understand, the Lord wants you to minister, He he wants you to be ministered to, he wants to mend that. And not just mend it so it's patched over, he wants to heal it. He wants to heal it, and so they all went and uh, they began to fish. And then Jesus shows up. All God, John twenty one fifteen. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas. Um, well, first, you know, first of all, he's like, Hey, you got any fish out there? And then uh, uh, I just want to skip to the part then where Jesus and Peter are, t- are talking. So when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Son of Jonas, lovest thou more, more, uh, lovest thou me more than these? So I have told you this, but I'm going to say it again. This word love here is agape. Everybody say agape. agape. So what is agape? It's the God kind of love. It's the perfect love. Do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And, and what is this word love? This word is not agape. This word is phileo. What is phileo? It's brother. Anybody know what Philadelphia means? It's the brotherly love. You got the God kind of love, and then right below that, you got, you got other kinds of love. You got uh, relationship love, uh, and, and, and between a husband and wife, and that kind of love. But then you've also got this love, which is brotherly love, which is pretty good. When you love your brother, that's pretty good, right? But it's not agape. Because the agape kind of love, Jesus said, I love you with the perfect love of God. And then Peter answered back, you know I love you like a brother. You know, I love you like a brother. So what did Jesus say? Feed my lambs. What does he, he looked past where he was and told him what his future was going to be. Even in your brokenness, the Lord can look past where you currently are to tell you where you're going. He's positive that way. He knows what he's doing. He can see your future. Go ahead and feed my lambs. Now you know this, How many times did Peter reject the Lord? Three. How many many times is he going to help him? The Lord is more merciful and kind. It just kind of blows your mind sometimes how good he is. He did this on purpose. He did it this way. He said unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, you love me. You agape me. And he said, Lord, you know, you know that I phileo you. You know that I love you with brotherly kindness. It's all the love I got right now. And he said unto him, feed my sheep. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, do you phileo me? In other words, Jesus came down and met him where he was. Now, if you just look at the King James or you just look at the word love, you don't know what's going on here and for years and years I didn't understand this but this means so much to me sometimes we say you know God just he's so hard he's so tough Jesus who is all God do you agape me How many know that's the highest and best and that's where he should have been that's where Peter should have been but Peter wasn't there and Jesus didn't say fine if you can't do it I'm going to find somebody to take your place I'm going to kick you out and I'm going to find somebody else so one for every time that, Jesus, that he was rejected, then what happened? He said, all right, I come down to your level. And the third time, he said, uh, Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, lovest thou me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And so I think he was grieved even because he had to come down to meet him where he was because Peter couldn't come up. But something happened when the Lord did that because Peter then was at the day of Pentecost. He was there. He got filled with the Holy Ghost, and he was able to stand up in front of all those people and tell them what it was. Why? I believe right here he got his soul mended. He got it fixed. Jesus is the mender of a broken heart. And if he he'll mend your heart too. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Jesus is our peace next week. Hallelujah. Let it be your peace today. Hallelujah. Did a little snort there. Hallelujah.